What's up, guys? I'm Paul. This is Pauline Theology, and we are back in Genesis with 11, 10 through 27. So we have uh, been through a lot of what's called the primeval history in the Bible. That's the beginnings, everything that starts. And this is the last account. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll say this is the last account. Technically, I believe it breaks up in the, the next section that we're going to talk about because it begins on the, the, the line of the patriarchs. And so uh, it's, it's just so technically it's the next episode that starts this um, new history of the patriarchs. But right now we're on the primeval. We're on the last part of it. And we're going to see the line of Shem. And so if you haven't read uh, Genesis 11, 10 through 27, go ahead and check it out. Read it. Stop the tape. Come back. And then we will answer the four questions. So what do we got here? What is because if you if you if you're still listening, then that means you have uh, already read. And so let's jump into it. So what is this? Uh, what's the author saying? What's he actually saying? Well, he's giving a genealogy again. And matter of fact, this genealogy that he's giving is a bit compared to what the genealogy is in, ch in Channel five in Chapter five. And so um, it is a, 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 a close rendition of what that is as uh, the way that he words or the words that he uses, the similarity where it says that they have sons and they have daughters and stuff like that. So it's, it's a bit of a comparison. But what's unique about it is that in this one, it usually it ends up saying and he uh, and the days of his life were and whatever number. But this one, it doesn't do that. It doesn't show death. And it's a special reason because in Abram, which we're going to find is the end of this uh, this uh, toldo or this genealogy, it is uh, the one who receives the promise that we we understand and know um, through reading the scriptures, and we will go through as we continue through Genesis the promise that God makes to Abram about a son and how the world will be saved through him, and so it is like a, a understanding of that death is not always going to reign. Like uh, when we get to, to Abram and we find that um, Abram has a child and through that seed, the Israelite people, we have Christ. And so it's, it's for the author, the allusion is to Abram because he knows that he becomes a father of the nations. Yet in the, in the, um, the, the Holy Spirit's kind of movement through scripture and Paul sees this as well is that uh, uh, Paul in Romans talks about the new Adam is he sees that death ends death's reign is over with through the person of Jesus Christ and death ends it's over with through Abram who is a type of Christ which is it's, it's pretty amazing man it's pretty cool to see that stuff but uh, also <clears throat> we see that in this uh, a comparison is that the writer also talks about a specific person in this line, and it's uh, uh, the, um, of uh, Eber, and it's uh, Peleg. And so the one that we saw in chapter 10, there was uh, two that, that were split, it had three sons, and these three sons were named, but then it was one that was named right before the, uh, the, uh, the, the incident in Babylon or, or Babel, which is, is Babylon as well, the same word, but which is Babel. And, um, that showed that there is, 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 it's like a, a understanding of there's always the, the seed of the promise 
and then the, the seed of the serpent. And we saw that in Genesis early on in chapter three, where it says the, the sons of the serpent and then the sons of the woman. And, the, the, and this, this child, Peleg, is, a, is, is the son of the woman, as we see the promises carried down through his, his lineage. But the sons of the, the serpent is not, is a, man, I can't remember his name right now, but he leads to Babel, which God has to come down and confuse the language and then spread them out because they're seeking things contrary to God. And we see that a lot with Cain and Abel. Uh, we saw it with, uh, um, we saw it with, uh, uh, man, I can't, right now I'm just, I'm blanking, but Enoch for the sons of, uh, of the woman. And then uh, Amalek, no, it's not. But uh, yeah, with him, as he proclaims to boast of, of uh, killing and, and that um, if anybody tries to kill him, then it's going to be even more of a, uh, a punishment than Cain. And so we see that over and over. And we'll see that in the future, too, when we see that there is Ishmael and Abram or Ishmael and Isaac and then Esau and Jacob. It's, it's always these two that are in um, in contest with one another. And uh, so what do we see about God in this uh, particular particular take well i think we see that his plans remain like there is always a purpose in the things that he does and so he is purposing out his will and he is in control of it there's there's no uh problems because uh, we see that there seems to always be something to try and thwart the promise right we had the flood the the, the angels um are intermingling with the the people uh, with with mankind um, and we see that, uh, or or it could be Sh uh, Shem's line intermingling with Cain's line, or mixing religions and stuff to thwart the promise of God. And so he has to uh, destroy uh, all of humankind, save eight folks. And then we see then that they're trying to not scatter and and to or build this this place to give themselves a name, but God thwarts that. We see that the serpent tries to deceive the, 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 the man and his wife and, and uh, they eat from the tree to try and thwart the, the, the initiative of God. Yet God plans a promise that will reverse all that. And he's faithful to do it. What about man? What is it saying about man? Man, I think it's saying we should hope in the promise. The writer hopes in the promise. He knows that the curse of death came because of sin, but he believes through Abram that this curse will end and there will be no death. And so like the author who's writing this, man, we having the fullness of the knowledge of Christ being that mechanism through which we find salvation should hope in the promise. Man, these great and powerful promises is, as Peter says, will be fulfilled, man. And so we got to believe and trust in that and live in that, man. Live in that. So how do we apply these truths, man? Is, is trust in that steadfastness. Trust in his promises. 
read through this and see the promises that God has made, which is to never destroy the world again. We see that being fulfilled uh, right now as we continue to check out the rainbows, man. I saw some beautiful rainbows the other day while we were driving through Utah. I believe it was Utah, maybe Montana, but it was it was beautiful. And it reminded me. And it also demonstrated the beauty of the world around me. And so take those promises that he has and hold them close to your heart. Keep them in your heart. He said he won't leave you or forsake you. He says he's going to make you like himself. But he says he's going to save you and, and, and keep you. But this only comes through faith in the one who died and was raised again. Hey, I appreciate you guys for listening. In the next episode, we'll be moving from Shem's line to uh, Tara's line. And we're going to see uh, we're going to see uh, Abram and the family.